Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Goal Lounge. We're coming to you live from obviously our executive suite of lounges. That's how we roll here at Goal Lounge. Um, we've got the usual stuff. We've got Celo, who loves talking United game. We talk so much, I often have to cut him off. And it's also because he's so tall. We met him, like some of the guys met him for the first time last week. The man is a giant. Um, about so his team. We've got uh, Wonga, who is a development coach for Kuva Coaching. He is one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. People will say his one flaw is that he supports the Gunners. We've got Mosa, who was an ex-pro. Check his Wikipedia page. He's got um, a total of four caps and five red cards and one missing tooth. That is Mosa. <laughs> and then we've got Nick, who has his UEFA A, or isn't it, is it, do you have your UEFA A license yet or not? Oh, COVID's killing me. Uh, I should have had it by now, but I'm waiting okay, so for he's, he's in the process of getting it. He is one step to go. One step to one go. One step to go, yep. And he's Newcastle's number one fan in South Africa. And he also coaches the under-19 Amatux side. Yeah, so he's, I mean, these are guys that know some football. Um, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about Tottenham, Newcastle's game, Brighton United, Liverpool, Arsenal, as well as the West Brom, Chelsea game, and City, Leicester. One thing to point out before we get into that is that both teams that didn't have successful weekends, the the guys, all the speakers, aren't wearing their shirts. Although, wait, no, Russell's got his shirt on. Okay, Wonga's got his shirt on. It's all good. Um, and before we continue, <laughs> don't forget to like. Um, Share, comment, and obviously hit the notifications because the more you do that, the more we can comment with you while we're shooting live. So let's kick it off. We're going to start with the guy who got his prediction right for the weekend. That is Tottenham Newcastle. Nick, you must be yeah. over the moon. Oh, mate, I'll tell you what. Um, you know, we were absolutely played off the park. It should have been 5-0 uh, to Spurs in the first half. You know, and I'll take it. I'll absolutely take it. But at the end of the day... You know, Bruce's mighty mags fought to the end. We got a penalty, maybe dubious. To the rule book, probably right. But um, I'll take a draw. Eh? I'll take a draw any day of the week. I know you like the penalties, Celo, so I think you, your tackles are, are very well given. Um, He's probably loving all the, the penalties. The day, um, <laughs> I was pretty the love. I was pretty the love. I was pretty the love. Everyone's got to for Arsenal. Yeah. We have to take it, eh? but you know what? I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. Um, for me, I'm very concerned as a Newcastle fan. I watched them last night against Newport League Two, a League Two side, and there's just absolutely no direction. There's no pattern of play. There's no sort of philosophy on how we want to play. It's literally we start the play, we get the ball back to the centre backs, the right backs, and we just bomb it forward, and hopefully we can have a flick on, and then we get in behind. Pretty much how we. How we played Varsity Cup 2013, Mosa and, uh, and Claudio, <laughs> <laughs> to be fair. Um, Except yeah. that we won. <laughs> we won. So the thing is, I think you played yeah. against better teams here in the Premier League and they suss you out. So unfortunately, um, I'm just a bit concerned in terms of if we play a better team, um, we might be in a little bit of trouble. Take a point away from home. We've got four points away from home. In, in two games, uh, we'll take that any day of the week. We we, we were showed uh, we showed up against Brighton the week before. I can only hope for the best at home. Hopefully, we can turn it on. Callum Wilson obviously delivered the goods. I think I think John Joe Shelby delivered the goods this week. We he, he came up with a good good sort of goal. But I'm a little bit concerned with the sort of what direction and if we have any direction. But all in all, points 
away from home against Spurs. Mourinho wasn't happy. I saw him walking down the, the tunnel. That's always great to see, even though I love him. Uh, I love him having his tantrums and you know, blaming whoever it is. But at the end of the day, the scoreline reflects what it does, and I, I'll take it any day of the week. Yeah, man. And see, I, I think... So, Nick, you're not like Steve Bruce, like, you know, um, that's a rubbish penalty, you know, it's a rubber the green, whatever, whatever. If it was against you guys, how would you, how would you have felt? Uh, so, so I, I, like I, I said to you, I went to my, my A-license course last year, June, and we yeah. actually had a chat with, I think I told you on the weekend, Clouds, the, the IFAB um, sort of refereeing uh, when, when they amended the rules. And to the rule book, that's correct. If the if the if the arm is um, if the arm is extended from the body and it hits it in any sort of way, there's no sort of accidental. The word accidental has been taken out of the rule book or the laws of the game. Um, so if it hits if it hits you like as as awkward as it was for Dyer, you know, like it was really unfortunate for him. Um, I'm gonna take it because I'm a Newcastle fan and. Fuck Spurs, to be honest with you. Of course, you'll yeah. it, but it gives you, no, no. Gives you another, another any, point closer to forty points. Yeah, it, it, closer to forty points. So I've got, I've only got, I've only got thirty-six to go. <laughs> so yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, um, it's crazy. But, I feel like the. The penalties that we've seen over the, the, the course of the couple of past couple of weeks is going to leave everybody in a space where if it were happening against our teams, it would be a tricky position. But we're kind of uh, happy that uh, it's happening with our teams. You know, it's like a, it's a, it's a double-edged sword. Yeah. What, 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 what I'm scared of is players are going to purposefully pass the ball onto someone's hand. You know what I mean? So you'll be in a situation where the defender's marking you and then you're just going to like almost like chip it to the to the guy's hand, yeah. um, and hits his hand, and it's like a penalty. You know what I mean? So it's almost like you yeah. aiming hand, which, which is not sort of a gray area. Say. I mean, I think once once the decision, I mean, I think the, the, the sort of referee and panel is probably in a bit of a pickle at the moment. You know, they probably see the side of the fans and the coaches saying, "Well, listen, this is a little bit ridiculous," but we've kind of put the rules on paper. They have to follow them. Yeah. Here's the thing though, the biggest problem is, and I think this is, they're showing this in a movie before, like it's these guys that are coming yeah. up with the rules that probably have never played the game. Yeah. They're trying, to, they're trying to, yeah, they, they, yeah, they're making these rules. They don't understand, football isn't, it's not as black and white as people make it out to be. I mean, this yeah. game's been played for over 100 oh. years. There's interpretation. I mean, more so as a defender. I defended. Wonga defended. We know as defenders. I mean, the guy didn't even... He was watching where the ball went over his head. He didn't even yeah, know where the ball was behind. He extended his arm. So, so what I'm saying is like eventually it's going to be a tactic where the managers are going to say, you know what, guys? If you're a defender and you're going to be in the box, let's just yeah. tie your hands behind your back completely and play with just your, you just know, your legs. You, this is you know, I saw something. I saw something, uh, a tweet from one of the fans I follow. And... I actually tend to agree with him, and it's. it's I think it was how Mope uh, last night. I don't know if you guys watched. Um, I think it was last night because I know they played uh, uh, United. Man United. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. But I, I don't know if Man United got a penalty last night. I can't remember if it was on the weekend. No, but last, the weekend. Yeah, yeah, it was last night. Yeah, yeah on the weekend. Um, what the tweet had said is that Dyer had realised that he wasn't going to win the ball, so he naturally extended his arm. To, Try and like as a natural reaction to 
I don't know, block it. So that mm. was sort of a, a weak, maybe a weak Newcastle defence in that sense. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm not worried about that, to be fair. They, this, it swings and roundabouts. It's going to happen to my team later on in the season. I'm going to cry about yeah. it here with you lads and I think it's going to happen to all of us except for Man United because they just get so many penalties week in week out it happened, it happened already it happened yeah. already against Palace it happened already against Palace where he <laughs> was a chance to, to have handballed the ball and you know yeah. he didn't have like no. it wasn't it was the same thing you know he didn't he was running you know and then if you're running like this and then the ball hits you here when you're running like what must you do you know what I mean you know and even the Palace yeah. is one no one but me like for me like just a close like, just a comment on that is that like I I won't lie to you for I've actually I'm actually can't afford this this new movement. I think they're probably gonna definitely adjust it, but like they said like accidental, you know, accidental you can't judge what an accident was in soccer. If I can say how the only way to find if it was an accident is I mean if you ask the player and then is the player gonna tell the truth. No. <laughs> I had a lot of those accidental handballs. But, but they have there has to be the rule, the rules, they have to make the rules so that it's not um what is the word? It's not, it's not it's not it's actually just one judgment. You can see it, it's not ambiguous, and that's what they've done. I, I can respect what they're trying to do. Yeah. Um, so then every time it touches a hand, it's kind of like you expect a penalty more than you don't expect a penalty. Yeah. No. Before, before, before there was still, still When someone touched the ball, like, oh, no, that's accidental. Mm. And, and now, now we argue, no, that's accidental now. Because now they've viewed that away. But, yeah, I think they'll, I think it will change, and I'm pretty sure it'll change for the better. But I, I think they're heading in the right direction. At least yeah, you cool. know, maybe they're going to score a few more goals than last year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, watch out. Uh, Bruno Fernandes is going to be top goal scorer. <laughs> Guys, our, our penalty was, was was fair. You know what I mean? The guy literally went to block that ball with his arm. So at least that one that one that one's fair. But but yeah, man, I feel like like the Premier League is gonna is turning out to be I don't know how, how much you guys follow Serie A and, and La Liga. Like some of the penalties that Juventus last season. There was a match against Atalanta where I think if Atalanta won that game, there probably would have been a point behind Juventus. And Juventus got two penalties in the game, and players were just they had the, their arms by their side, and then the the, the ball hit one of the, uh, the players' arms, and it was says a penalty. And I'm like, what the flip? You know what I mean? Atalanta should have won the game two um, two one no, uh, and end up losing two two one to Juventus because of the penalties. It's rubbish. But it's fair. Like I think it's uh, you know uh, the English Premier League is very physical. Uh, like when you when you do uh, encounter the English Premier League, the players are going to be physical in your face and the like. It's fair that in the penalty box it is a little bit more sensitivity or anything if like if you look at a lot of the penalties that took place over the weekend yes there were handballs here and there which were dubious but there were a lot of contact penalties which were fair to actually um, true, true, true. Awarded, uh, no, in the light of uh, leagues you know you, if you're comparing it to the italian league and the spanish yeah. leagues it'd be fair in the box it's it's going to be that that element where the, the box is a red hot kitchen again defenders must yeah. be very wary in there yeah. but, no, but, fair, but fair. I, I always see it from a perspective where if you're a defender, Mota, I mean, your job is to stop any goal from happening, right? So now, if it's hitting your hand, and it's that fortuitous where it's it's barely a glance, it's literally just brushed the arm, and you've got on a handball. For me, that's that's a lot of nonsense. Like when you make a decision on a handball, you've already got to analyze like what's the purpose of the handball? Why is the handball a foul in the first place, right? So it's like, is the ball deviating enough? Is the goal is the ball going directly into the goal? 
Is it like, how is it impeding the direction of the, the attacker? That's that's the big question for me. Has it impeded the attacker completely? Then yes, and give it a handball. If it wasn't even going close, or wasn't even going to find a player, or if it wasn't even going on goal, then surely if it's completely accidental and it hasn't changed any dynamic apart from the... Because it's a huge decision, right? It's exactly yeah. what Celo was saying. Then eventually what I'm going to do is I'm going to be in the box. I'm going to wait for the defender. And my best chance then is instead of actually just taking a shot at goal, let me just try and pass the ball into the Oak's hand because I'm going to, I'm definitely going to get something. That's the difference. Yeah. That, that, that's where I think there's there's a miss. Um, the, the concept of giving a handball, especially in a box, is more adv- advantageous for an attacking team than it is for the defending team. And I suppose us being defenders, that's why I take that stance. But I suppose if you're neutral, the more goals, the better it is for a fan, except for the fact that everyone's complaining. I mean, a result in Newcastle. Look at Spurs now. The Spurs-Newcastle game. That was a guaranteed three points. That was a classic Mourinho. They had one goal. They would have seen it through. But now they've lost two points because of a decision like that. Yeah. It's going to be nice. It's like, um, it, it takes uh, that conversation. Like when VAR came into the play, it was always like, a, first of all, I, I don't like the system at all. I think there's a lot of problems with VAR and the way it stops and starts the game is it kills momentum. So yeah. I don't like that premise. But when it did come into play, uh, the big thing that most people worried about is the conversations that would happen after a football game. Because historically, you'd find a lot of games where guys who did handballs, hand of God, and the likes. And games would be won on those decisions which weren't fully caught or, um, you know, the, the referee was human. There was human error. And it seems like VAR hasn't actually fully eliminated that human error. It seems like it's still there. And that's nice to see conversations still taking place. That, hey, the system is good when it's offside and bad when it's offside. And you see it for like a toe, a finger toe. And like when you actually see it for penalties, it's quite nice to see actually handball. Uh, it's thin. You know, you know what I liked about VAR on the weekend was um, I don't know if you guys saw in the, in the Man United game where, where Pogba was a judge to have fouled the guy, you know, from behind. And literally Pogba didn't. He just ran across and then he just stopped, you know. And then the guy almost like threw himself into Pogba to make it seem like he touched him and then he fell. You know, VR like yeah. from the back, it looks like Pogba has has, has touched his ankle or whatever. And then, but in actual fact, Pogba was across him and then he moved moved away. And the player went played for the contact and then you see they they overturned the penalty. So so VR does have its place, but I understand what you say, Musa, that in terms of they take too long to sometimes look at the incidents. You know what I mean? You know, we need you know fast, fast decisions so we so so, so again can continue. You know. Yeah. Yeah, but I like what you said though, Mosa. It's like you've got you've got these sort of objective calls that are meant to be made, right? But at the end of the day, with something like a handball, how can it be objective when people interpret the law differently? And that's yeah. the problem. So maybe, like, and that's where I'm saying, like, why even bring VAR into the conversation? Rather, just stick to where it is successful. Like you said, offsides. You know, guaranteed, it's going to work. Is that a goal? Isn't a goal? It's going to work. Let's keep it there until we suss out the law. Also, I don't know why they're getting like they want to change all these things. I don't get like they're clearly not improving the game. They're not improving. I don't understand. Yeah. Anyway, on this, I like Celo ending the note because we're going to move on to the next game is the, the Ole time. I know it used to be called Fergie time, but we're going to move to the Brighton versus United 3-2 game and what actually happened there and how they rode their luck and got away with three points. <laughs> yeah, I know. That was, that, was a, that, was a, that, was a, that was a great escape, you know. 
very lucky to, to, to get the three points. Uh, performance was same as the previous game against Palace. Performance wasn't great. Um, there was glimpses, there was glimpses of, of quality in terms of certain players. Rashford showed, showed some quality. Um, but just in general, the, the general play wasn't great as a team. Um, you know, so what? Brighton hit what is going on at Man United at the moment? Is there anything in the locker room? Is, uh, what's nah, going man. on? No, uh, to be honest, uh, I think it's just, it's just, uh, I mean, I don't know if they're rusty or, or what, but at least, at least yesterday in the, in the League Cup game, they looked much better. You know what I mean? Um, yes, it was a different lineup, but there was a bit more confidence in the play. Even even when the other players came on, um, the starters, uh, Pogba and Rashford came on, they they changed the game, you know, they 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 look more comfortable, you know. So I don't know if it's a it's getting it's a slow start to the season, or are the players just, you know, not taking the instructions well or, or you know, or are the other teams just just sharper, you know what I mean? So sometimes the other teams can be sharper in play. You know, Pogba, for instance, right? I can see Pogba in the in the the weekend game. He was trying too hard, you know what I mean? He used to just take, uh, make things simple, make, make the easy pass, but he's always trying to do uh, the difficult passes. And I think he needs just a couple of games. Even yesterday, he looked a bit more confident, but also he was playing a bit higher up. He wasn't playing as a pivot. He was playing more as an eight. Um, so I think um, Ole needs to change the formation as well and play rather 4-3-3 instead of 4-2-3-1 um, just so they can get the best out of Pogba. Because Pogba wants to you know, contribute um, on the offensive end as well. But if you passing the ball um, between the centre backs, you know, then that's quite that's too deep for Pogba. You know, I mean, he needs to be a bit further up. Um, so I think the tactics that that Ole is having is uh, is not the best right now. Uh, but yeah, um, I was more um, pleased with the performance yesterday than than than, than on the past weekend. So you know, Celo, what do you think of Mata? I thought he was class last night. Do you think? I know he was brilliant. He was brilliant. Is there no way you can? Can form part of, of something there. I, I think he's I think he's you got know, something to add, eh? Oh, no, I definitely agree. I think the thing with Mata that you'll see, right? It even happened when Bruno Fernandes um signed for United uh, earlier this year. When he played with Mata in a couple of games, right? Maybe um Europa League and, and FA Cup, they look they look great together, you know. Um they say they're on the same wavelength, the quality, he's a quality player, you know. Um same same yesterday with him and Donny van der Beek. The touches cool. that those <laughs> was amazing, you know. Yeah. Um, is making making things romantic? I don't know what's going on. There's some sort oh, of no, alliance happening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Silo. Yeah, yeah, we know how we're staring at each other when we talk football. Carefully, Wilger. Yeah, but I think to <laughs> next point with Mata. Mata for me, but whenever he plays, he, he always offers United something different. He tends to unlock the, the quick players. And whenever he played against Liverpool in particular, he always did damage. So there's yeah. the only problem with him is he doesn't have the legs. So he doesn't fit yeah. within what Oli wants to do in terms of that traditional Sir Alex Ferguson play down the wings, use the pace, yeah. get forward. I mean, so what I'm not sure player. about. Yeah, but more the luxury. Player. He, he should. He should. Like he's used him on the right hand side before, you know. So I think that could be uh, an alternative to playing Greenwood always. You know, some, sometimes you need to obviously uh, give Greenwood uh, a rest as well. He only turned 19 today, so he could play Mata on the right um, as another option uh, because he's tried Daniel James on the right, and Daniel James on the right is, isn't 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 the right um, up um, to Greenwood. 
And uh, even yesterday, Dan James on the left was, wasn't that great. Um, so I foresee actually um, that he might try actually Donny van der Beek um, on the left a bit uh, because United like to attack on the left. You know, if, uh, yeah, why, why didn't he play on the weekend? I mean, a new signing, 40, 40 million pounds, and he doesn't play him. I don't understand that. It looks like it's tough for him to adjust to the the the, the, the United front six. That front six, I know, Silo, you think it's really, really like a really strong front six, but honestly, there's some players that uh, it feels like they're not really sure-footed about where they are in terms of positioning, sure-footed in, in terms of how they should approach the game. And to slot in a new player there is tricky, man. Like everybody then floats around as opposed to kind of direct type of football. You know, my, my problem with, with, with Ole is that he he's not flexible in his in his formations, you know what I mean? So you find other coaches in, in, in Europe, they're quite flexible, you know. Um, if I look at a, if I look at a, um, Real Madrid, you know, Real Madrid will play without wingers, for instance, right? They'll play uh, a four-man midfield, literally. They'll play a 4-3-1-2, you know what I mean? That, that's what they play on the weekend. Or they'll play with the, with the wingers one, uh, one day, 4-3-3. But Ole just 4-2-3-1, 4-2-3-1, you know? Whereas when he came in as an interim manager, there was a match where against Tottenham, he played a diamond in the midfield, you know. He had McTominay, Pogba, Matic um, and Fred in the center of the midfield, and he had um, Martial and, and Rashford up front. So he's never tried it again since he's been a permanent manager, where he's played actually four, four midfielders um, and basically no, obviously no wings and playing two, two center forwards. So you should try that rather and then obviously Donny van der Beek could have, could have space in the, in the team where it would obviously be maybe um, Donny van der Beek as a 10 and then on the right and left would be would be Pogba and, and, and Fernandes and then Matic is the base. So he's not flexible formations. I don't know why he didn't try something different. You know, you got to try formations. Yeah. You know, there's been no preseason. Um, you can try these things within 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 the season, and you know we try it for 15 minutes in a game. If it doesn't work, revert back to 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 what you know. But you need to try something different. Um, also, not to be predictable as well. You know. So yeah, he did try him on, on the, the 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 cup game. So that, that is like a glimmer of hope for him. You know to. Yeah, but I, I think he finds himself in a super, super difficult situation. It's like the, the club are in a, in a weird, weird place where they can't get the players they want to sign. It's almost, to me, it feels like the, the Van der Beek thing wasn't necessarily a player he was. It wasn't his priority, let's say. We all know who the priority is. They're not landing the priority. Yeah. Now they're looking for other guys to fall. Fun Jaden Sancho. <laughs> yes, yeah, Sancho is his priority. But the problem it's is funded. United. I'm just going to say <laughs> yeah, yeah, the GoFundMe. There's a GoFundMe. Hey, I don't have enough money to say to GoFundMe pages. Come on, man. Jeez, yeah. So I think I think they're in an interesting spot where I mean I read an article saying they they've lost the dark arts and the transfers. They they don't have that appeal to come to United, and they've also the problem with United is when they sign players, or in, in particular they've got a lot of players on their books that they're trying to flog. We know this: the likes of Smalling, the likes of Jones, the likes of Rojo, and the list goes on and on. The problem is what they've done is they've they've extended contracts for these players. But by extending contracts so they can sell them so they don't make a loss. But what they've done is they've given them, they've broken their wage structure. So you've got all these players that are sitting on a hundred thousand pounds plus a week. So when clubs now in particular in this market that we're talking about with COVID, it is it is a buying market, not necessarily a selling because you're not going to get your money back. But what's happening is the clubs like your Genoas and your Romas and all these Italian clubs and these other clubs that want to buy these players, they can only afford 50% of their salaries or their wages. So yes. the issue is 
they, they've got guys that want to take these players, but the players are going cool. They're sitting ducks. They're like, why should we leave? We're earning over 100,000 plus. So yeah, United's whole policy, their policy in terms of I'll rot in the, in the reserves for, for double my, my salary. It's, 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 it's a bank. That's the problem, man. It's a short career. Yeah, you got you to make your money. You know, somehow. You know, like, like Gareth Bale did at Madrid. But yeah, it's, 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 it's yeah, it's the, it's the hierarchy, you know. Um, you know, Edward Wood never played a football, a day, a, a day of football in his life. So obviously he's going to be like, okay, cool. I've got a guy, uh, Phil Jones, um, he's left in his contract. Uh, I need to make some money off him. Uh, what do I do? Extend his contract. That's so stupid, you know. A player like Phil yeah. Jones should have, should have, uh, what I think it was when Ole came in, he had one year uh, left when he came as interim manager. He should just let Phil Jones run out his contract and then leave for free. It's okay, you know what I mean. A player, if a player, if a player doesn't do well in his time, especially an injury-prone player, uh, doesn't do well in his time, they let him go. You know, Smalling is different. Smalling has value because Smalling has been one of the better defenders uh, at United um, over the last um, couple of years. You know, it's just obviously uh, maybe it doesn't fit the current. Um, Way that 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 that, that uh, Solskjaer wants to play, and he did well at Roma. He was one of the best defenders in Serie A. You know, um, obviously now it's just a matter of uh, meeting um, Roma, meeting the price that we want for them. But but yeah, players like uh, Rojo and Jones definitely should have never gotten uh, extended contracts. Um, luckily, Rojo didn't get an extended contract. He just got a long um, a long term contract when he did sign. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's tough to to move on players if if you're paying them the wages that we're paying them. Um, they're trying to rectify things now. Uh, but yeah, the, 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 the errors that they've made in the past is shocking, man. I just need to get a director of football in place, you know. They could hire me. I'm available. I'll, I'll fly to the UK. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be just as good as some of the other, other signings, too. <laughs> I'll, I'll be a football, you know. I know what's wrong with the, I know what's wrong with the team. You know, I, I, I can, I can, I can, you know, wheel a deal, uh, be a wheeler dealer. Uh, some good decision for, for, for the club going forward, you know. Yeah, yeah. On on that note, I like I like um, putting his name out. There's going to send his CV over the weekend. See what what happens yeah. if if he can get goal lines through the door. I'll be happy. Um, we're gonna move <laughs> over, we're gonna move over to the Liverpool Arsenal game. But the issue that I'm having right now is I can't see Wonga's face because he's that disgraced about the performance. I'm not entirely sure. I don't know why he's switched up the line. It feels like it feels like one of those it feels like one of those carte blanche interviews. Uh, he's hiding, <laughs> and he'll probably get another hiding today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Wonga. So, so tell me, tell me your thoughts about this game because I've obviously got strong opinions as to what happened and where everything's at. Um, yeah, let's let's speak about that, man. Uh, I wasn't alive. Um, I thought that Arsenal were—they just made a better team on the day. Um, I was kind of expecting it, um, you know, not kind of, it's like literally what you're expecting actually. Um, if you looked at if you looked at the games they played before as well, Arsenal, they only had, and it's the same way they beat Man City. And these uh, was, these cup finals, I can't remember what cup finals they were. I think one was the FA Cup and one was the the the, the Liverpool was that opening cup. What is it? Um, community Shield. Yeah, the Community Shield. So if you looked at Arsenal, how they played, how they won those games, it was literally one opportunity. The first opportunity they got, they put it away, and that was pouncing off an error from the, those teams, Man City and Liverpool. I'm looking at teams that are strong in the way they played last year. 
And when I, when I look at the stats, and then Arsenal had, I think, the total edge of two on target, but Liverpool had a tremendous amount. And I think they were actually, we were very lucky that Liverpool didn't score on the day, even though Liverpool weren't, I mean, playing very well. And come now, they just played Leeds, and they, then they just hammered, uh, who did you guys just hammer now? Chelsea. Um, Chelsea, yeah. And I, I, was, I was like, look, that, that, that looked like the Liverpool that won the league last season. It's, they, you can't beat the defence. And it's, it's exactly what happened on, uh, on, on, on Saturday. Arteta had praise for them as well, um, saying that, um, obviously, the guys, you, you try and beat Liverpool press, um, you try and press Liverpool, but then they get out of your press quickly by giving the ball to Van Dyke. And Van Dyke just opens up or opens, pass a through ball to, I mean, Mane, Salah, or Firmino. But they know what's happening, but they can't stop it, basically. Also gonna say. Sounds like a tough time. Now, nah, look, oh, no, I'm still pleased with Arsenal. Um, it's what I was expecting. Liverpool, like, you saw how they won the season last Liverpool. Mars, they like, everyone is here, number two is here. Liverpool is up here, and the rest of everyone else is a bit closer. You know, even Man City as well. And I think I'll judge myself for this day. So, so what are you saying? What are you saying? Are you saying um, the Premier League race is pretty much a one a one horse race? Is that what you're saying? I don't, I don't see anyone beating Liverpool the way they're playing. I, I can't see anyone beating them. Tottenham going to beat them? Man, Man United? Man City? No. Yeah. Newcastle. Bro. What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, Newcastle. No, on I that point, I think Newcastle can, can give them some uh, tough time. Eh? Yeah. Hey, Bruce. Yeah. Hey, Bruce no, is I, to be fair, Wonga, I think I agree with you. I mean, it's we've got three games played. Liverpool have won all three games. Out of the three games that they've played, they've beaten Arsenal and they've beaten Chelsea already. They were somewhat meant to be challenging, at least for the Champions League, and they made easy work of it. So for me, yes. being a Liverpool fan, it was, wow, man. Like, all the players were just buzzing. It's almost like the new signings coming in. All of a sudden, we've got squad depth as well. We've got players left, right, and center to come into any position. Jota comes off the bench, he scores. Mane was absolutely menacing again. I don't know what he's on. I don't know what he takes before the game. I don't know. because He just doesn't stop, dude. It's it's actually unbelievable how he just runs up and down. And Keita had a great game. For me, if I'm looking at Arsenal from the positives in terms of the game, they weren't afraid to play out from the back, which wasn't bad. I think that was decent. Um, they knew there was only one way to stop them. What, what are we smiling at? Guys are gone quiet, Joe. What's going on there? No, no, Charlie. I'm sorry to catch you up. But for, I felt that Arsenal, especially in the first half, there was a time, and that's what I didn't like. It's like, if, you, if you're going to play this game, play it. They, they looked a bit shaky and scared to play that part. I saw, um, every time they passed to Leno, Leno was, I mean, the ball forward, and they kept on using the ball. They were, at times, a bit scared to do what they were doing. I, yeah, I they were scared. They were scared. Of course they were scared because they're playing against the team that plays the, the, in the best attacking manner in, in terms of pressing. They, the, they're the best in the world yes. right now in terms of the pressing game. So they were scared, but yeah. you've got to commend them for the fact that there's a way in which he wants to play. And technically speaking, the only way to beat Liverpool is to do what they did. If you have to look at it on paper in terms of chances created and, 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 technically, had Lacazette taken his chances, they were still in the game. At one point, it would have been 2-2. And the way in which you do that, Liverpool pressed so high... That if you can, the problem with Arsenal's whole approach on the weekend was that they didn't have a play in the midfield okay. to unlock things. They had Shaka yeah, and they had, okay. yeah, and um, yeah. used um, Almeni. And between between those two players, you've got Shaka who's just average at everything, and then you got Almeni who that's he's the destroyer. He's destroyer. When Sabayos came on, they love Shaka. Why they love him? 
Yes, No, you're right. He's going to win the Champions League in two years, and that guy's 34. How can Shaka beat the plan? It should be, for me, it should be making that change now. Now. Make Shaka's change what? now. How old is Shaka? He's 34. No, Shaka. no ways, man. Shaka's younger than that. No ways. Yeah, Shaka's younger no. than that, dude. I think you're thinking of William, man. Shaka can't be no. 34. Shaka can't be 34. Anyway, not not the point. The point is... But that's not the point. What you're saying in terms of that whole point of they were missing quality in the in the center of midfield, you know, um, and you, you know, I can't believe he started on any and and Shaka. He should have started at least Shaka and Sabayas rather, because Sabayas at least has something, something you know, he's a bit creative. He can make a pass. Um, he's got a bit of he's got a bit of um, arrogance about him. He's got a bit of he can make something out of nothing. You know, whereas and that's what Obama Yang needs. You need somebody that's just gonna try and link Obama Yang to the rest exactly. of the squad. Exactly. Sabayas came on and he created he created opportunities, you know. What I mean? Thank you, Kevin. Guys, he's 28 years old. What kind of Arsenal guy? Listen, you're on a trial, my friend. You firstly blacking yourself out this picture in front of you, and then you're throwing out the wrong name here. Like Shaka never could be above 30, 30 years old. No, yeah, man, drugs. Sure. There's like some drugs. Nick, what, what is your take from the situation at the moment? Like, I understand where you're coming from. In terms of Arsenal, I'll be honest with you, the first half, I thought they actually did all right. If, like, I, I know they were, I think they go 1-1 or 2-1 down towards the end, but before they, they took the lead, I mean, I think they contained Liverpool as well as any team as probably done this year i'm not yeah. talking this season this year and i think arteta needed sort of sort of a, a sort of a bit of praise in terms of you know i thought they were going to go gung-ho play the way city plays that's his sort of philosophy but he was very cautious in the way he defended he didn't press high um as as i thought he probably would have he played out of the back but when you know it was on he when it wasn't on, he, he sort of went the way he needed to. Um, there was a lot of space in behind. Eh? Liverpool had a high line in the first half. Yeah. Um, and yeah. there was a couple of passes. I mean, there, there weren't chances, but I mean, uh, you, they were Liverpool were vulnerable in the beginning. I think at least the first 30 minutes. Um, 25, 30 minutes. But, you know, the quality of Liverpool obviously was just... You know, it, it oozes when it needs to ooze, you know. Yeah. And you score at the right times and you're patient uh, and, and and the players move in the right areas. They, they, you know, one thing I know in football is if you go to the right areas, you nine times out of ten, there will be a player to score. So players don't need to be attracted to the ball. Um, and if, you know, you go to your area, generally the ball is going to go to one of the areas and there's going to be a player there. Um, whereas you find teams like of my quality, they're all attracted to the ball and they all run to one area and then the ball ends up at the back post and um, we... They have to pick it up from the, the net at the back. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, at the end of the day, you know, Liverpool are a well-oiled machine. I think yeah. Klopp said it, you know, they buried it up, they played short, they played long, they played in the spaces in between... The midfield and the and and, and the and the defense of, of of Arsenal and you know at the end of the day, what can we do? You know, 
someone's got to catch Liverpool, and 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 I think the only thing we can do is try. Um, I don't know if we'll be able to. Um, I think you know City's probably got the best chance, but they got a bit of a hiding. I'm sure we'll speak about that. But City, yeah, City at this moment in time will get ten. Like that, yeah. that's where they are. They're all over the place. But yeah, we're going to yeah. get there. But to, to round off this sort of conversation in terms of where Look, Arsenal, what Arsenal are looking at and where Liverpool are going, Wonga, how do you see the rest of the season? Oh, sorry, Wait, Taylor. Before, can I ask you a question, Claudio? Um, did, did Firmino have a shot on target? So here's the question about Firmino, guys. You, you want to you wanna mention Firmino in terms of how effective he is? For me, no, 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 listen, listen, listen. For me, no, 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 no. Let's, let's, no, we're going to talk. For me, I want to talk For me, the press is amazing. It's not about the press. It's not just about the press. Defensive attacker, best defensive attacker. I'm asking, did you get it? I'll ask you a question. Did he have a shot on? He created chances. That's all he had to do. Let me, let me tell you. No, no. Let's let's. We're going to talk about this Firmino thing in terms of you've got to assess. You got to you got to assess. You got to assess in terms of what's happening in terms of football at the moment. In the early nineties, it was a four four two, right? Yeah. After after in the two thousands, it was all four five one, four five one. Now things yeah. have shifted to a four three three. But now because of what's happening and the success that Liverpool are producing, it's not a traditional four three three. It's a sense where you've got a player like Deli Ali, a traditional number ten. He's not getting a look into Tottenham's team because he doesn't do enough. A Lampard yeah. now wouldn't do; he wouldn't be good enough to fit into most of these teams. I know that's, that's an outrageous statement, but in terms of what he offers, well, for me, he offers outrageous statement. Yeah, yeah, but <laughs> but in terms of in terms of what Firmino does, is he brings yeah. our dangerous players into the game. Not saying he isn't dangerous, but by his work rate in terms of Liverpool's whole pressure in terms of going forward, they attack by defending a front. Fantastic. But then Firmino brings three or four players in because he's not afraid yeah. to also tackle in his own six-yard box, come short and create space in behind for the likes of Salah and Mane. I see his value a lot, right, in, in, in the big games um, in terms of closing down, pressing, um, creating space for other players. Um, he had an assist in the Chelsea game for, for, for Mane's goal. You know what I mean? I, I, I only bring about these questions because you find in the in the in the in the in the, in the, stock, in the football fraternity, right? We we like to highlight on on other players, you know, uh, but we seldomly don't highlight on Firmino and ask questions about Firmino. You know, what I mean, Firmino in the season where where where, where Liverpool came second, Firmino had great numbers in terms of goals and assists. But that in the in the winning season, right? Yes, you don't look at players in, in a winning team as much as when they are losing. You know what I mean? So you, you focus on players when, 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 when a team is not doing well, then you, you, you nitpick. But when a team is doing um, well, then you're like, okay, cool. Firmino uh, we'll, we'll, we won't say much. But, he, but, but I'm, just, I'm just asking I'm just asking the question because I often see conversations being had and, and, and I ask, okay, cool. Did Firmino get a proper target? That's what I was asking. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know? but I, no, find no, no. I find it difficult, man. Like... Um, I understand, like, uh, there, there are certain stats that you want to see from a familiar type of player. Um, but those stats aren't, like, always shots on target or, you know, attempts on target. 100%. 100%. His pass completion, his uh, direction of passes, is he passing backwards, is he passing forward? The distance that he passes, how, how many players around him does he connect? And that's what, like, honestly, like, I, 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 no offense, but, like, 
uh, Man United doesn't have players like that of that caliber. Where take Mata, offense, take offense, please take it yeah. all. Mata could no, be that no. type of cross which connects uh, the, uh, the, uh, the front line with the midfield. I disagree completely with what you're saying. I disagree with what you're saying, but 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 also, um, you know, I only bring it about just so we can have a discussion around Firmino. You know, I mean, I think sometimes we we we, we must never just um, say that Liverpool is 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 a hundred percent. You know, you need to you need to ask questions about certain players. You know, and that's why I was asking. But, but I don't agree with what you're saying about about Man United. I feel that Martial is is is, is a prime example to say that. Look at the guy. You know, in terms of his 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 the amount of chances he creates. Um, for other players, he creates chances by by the space that he runs in. If you look at the goal that 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 United scored on the weekend, uh, Marshall ran towards <laughs> Bruno Fernandes, right? And he pulled and he pulled he pulled Lewis Dunk with him, right? What did that do? That created space behind him for for Rashford to run onto the ball. You understand know, you know what I'm saying? That that those are the kind of things that that you're talking about in terms of a Firmino. Um, Marshall is doing the same thing. But what oh, is no ways. <laughs> no man. No, Silo, you're smoking your socks here. Uh, what, is, what is Marshall doing? <laughs> Marshall, listen, 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 listen. That's the one thing that you are. You literally you're comparing Marshall to Firmino. I'm not, he he's said, comparing. He said, him, yeah. No, but listen, listen. I'm not comparing them. He said there's no one in Man United who's doing who's creating spaces for other players. Or, 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 or touches and stuff like that. Here's what he said. No, I, said no, I said like your 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 the equivalent would be uh, a matter. Or, okay, cool. Uh, I would be scared to put anybody else. But you're saying that he's not create. You know, you're saying that he's not doing the touches that 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 the familiar does. You know, I know familiar does the one touch. You know, the the, the silky. You know, one, two, one, two, whatever, you know what I mean? I was saying that there are players in Man United who do create space for other players without even having to touch the ball. Because that's what Firmino sometimes does, is that he creates an opportunity right. for someone without touching the ball. Do you know what I mean? So I'm yeah. just saying, I was asking a question, you know what I mean? And obviously... Yeah, just no, to- ask, please. You must ask these questions because these questions will expose people. It's it's, it's one of these things where it's like... <laughs> no, but, it's, but, no, but, no, but, no, but no, let me, let me, let me get to the fact. No, if you... It's about, listen, ne. Listen, I, I, I know Firmino's value to Liverpool, right? But I'm just asking questions that I see on social media. I'm just bringing a topics yeah. that I get on social yeah. media. And, and that's interesting because it's would, funny. Would, 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 would I take Firmino at Man United? No, I would never take Firmino at Man United. I'll take Salah at Mane. I would never take Firmino. And that's why <laughs> Man United are going to struggle to get into the top four. I'll never take a Firmino. But, uh, but, okay, but, uh, I told you, I told you, Selo, if you bring up a Firmino, that's a segment on its own. No, that's like, it's one of those things. But no, I'm moving on to Chelsea. It's the fire, it's it's the fire, fire, fire up your ass, you know, that I know. No, okay, but, but let me, okay, to, I'm going to round this off with okay, Firmino. But, thing. but listen, listen, to be honest, I'll tell you, he's, he's a guy who, who divides, who divides um, opinion, I think. Um, but yeah, that, 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 that's what I'll say. He divides opinion. Mm. Some see value, some don't see value. Some see some value. Uh, I'll, I'll be the person to say I see some value in Firmino, and he's he, he's a he 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 fits well into that front three. You know what I mean? He, he's yeah, it, it front three. It it, it yeah. it's it's a great. You know, sometimes certain front threes you can't put the players in other teams and they won't fit in. You know, but that one just works. You know, perfectly. Mm. Yeah, and, and uh, just to Toronto. Put him in different teams and still be able to produce um, a lot of options for attacking too. Mm. 
Yeah, and I think, you know, what's interesting is we started off the conversation in terms of a stat in terms of what he had on target, right? Okay. If we're going to look at stats, we're going to look at things in terms of, to Mosa, what Mosa brought up was a great perspective in terms of the value offer if we're looking at different stats. One of the things about football, or the main thing about football, is that football is scored from mistakes. Why Firmino is so effective, apart from being able to bring players into the game, is that he's able to win the ball and put players under pressure and make them make mistakes. And that's a turnover in terms of a stat that doesn't really get recorded in terms of the final assist. But he tends to put those players under pressure. Something that Kater did very well on the weekend against Arsenal. So if we're looking at, oh, I'm sorry, on Monday, it was on Monday. But if we're looking at Firmino, you've also got to then take what the traditional definition of what a striker was and what it offered as to what he's doing with that. He's redefining a sort of position that wasn't there a couple of years ago. Six years ago, it was. We were all this, when, when Brendan Rodgers had Firmino, he was doing nothing. We said, get rid of this guy because I didn't know how to use him. A good manager like Klopp came in and he knows how to use him. He's bringing the best value. And because of a player like that, he's transformed in Liverpool to a certain extent. But anyway, Liverpool are flying high at the moment. By the way, on a side note is that Thiago's got corona. It's official. It's been announced. That's why he's been missing. He's played one game, 45 minutes, and he's got corona. Hope Just in no case. Anyone... Yeah. Hope uh, no. But moving on to the next topic, we're going to discuss. We're going to look at the Man City versus Leicester game, guys. We knew the upset was on the cards. What are yeah. we thinking here? Leicester looked awesome. They looked really, really good. They looked really, really good in my view. Um, they created chances. They were in the front third. Generally, you'd expect Man City to take up all the position and uh, kind of dominate the game, and teams have to break to time, time, kind of like break that last line of defense at Man City. But Leicester were on top of them. They were breaking through the lines easy. They were getting in for opportunities at the center. It was great. It's great to watch Leicester. It looks like Brandon Rogers has a breath of fresh air there. City's back line is horrendous. And I know they've started this DS now, but I, I, I just, I mean, obviously, we know they've got everything going forward. I mean, they're arguably just as good as Liverpool probably going forward, but defensively, they are an absolute shambles. So I, I, I don't know. Uh, Claudio, you'll know this DS from Benfica. I don't know if you follow him. Yeah, I've never Ruben seen him. Dish. I don't know how good he is. Is he any, any good? I know Otimendi went in the opposite direction. Probably good riddance for them, I would say. Uh, <laughs> makes too many mistakes. Um, yeah. But I just don't know. I just don't know if they have enough, to be honest, at the back. They don't have a Van Dyke. Essentially, they don't have a Van Dyke. And I think mm-hmm. that's that's where they, they sort of sort of slipping up. I don't know if you guys agree with me. I, I think I think you know, when, when, when we're analyzing the, the start of the season, you know, um, remember I said that, you know, if if, Liverpool, what's, if Man City got like Koulibaly, for instance, right, an imposing figure in the center of the that would that be that would be a game changer for them. That would be the, uh, that would be them literally being pound for pound um, with, with, with Liverpool, right? So since they didn't get that, it's been exposed, you know what I mean? It's like the 5-2 is that you don't have it's that imposing Big you know, highway. Exactly. And then you've got your 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 fullbacks in Walker and, and Mendy. Uh, Mendy, I've never I've I've said about Mendy in terms of how he's a minus one in defense. Uh but also Walker, like defensively, you know, you can't be in a position where Vardy is ahead of you in the box. He was just, you know, he wasn't he was positioned uh poorly uh for the for the first penalty, and he then decides to foul Vardy. You know, what I mean he's not Vardy's not about to 
make a shot um, with his left with his left foot and it's a guaranteed goal. You know, he should just left yeah. body and just take a chance and, and try to recover somehow. But you decide to foul him. You know, but not even foul him, Celo, to your point, like the build-up to that. I've oh. never in my life, Mosa, a professional footballer, that oak is on crack, cocaine, I don't know what he's on. A professional <laughs> footballer, he's, the ball's, the ball's in front like, of the lad. The ball's like in front this, of the yeah. lad. He's got his whole back turned towards the ball and he's faced that way. Like, I can't, like, for the life of me, I can't fathom it. You know, I got taught, there was a, the Namibian head coach taught me when I was down in Cape Town. He was like, I've never, I've never in my life been told, like, my positioning and my shape of my body and where I'm at at all times. Like, you know, you tend to watch the man, you kind of know where he is. But this guy told me, depending on where the goalposts were, your body needs to be shaped with the goalposts. So if the ball's being played there and the goalpost behind me, I need to make sure I've always got my back like that. If the ball's on that side, I need to make sure it's that way. I've never in my life seen a guy who's turned his back on a player who's a couple of meters away from him and he's one of the, like, he's a dangerous player with the ball. He's an attacking player. I like drugs, cocaine, I don't know, whatever that's on. It's arrogant. I don't know. Yeah. That's drugs, cocaine. But I'll tell you as a coach, I'll tell you as a coach, all players are stupid no matter what level you're at. All players are stupid. Now, I'll be honest with you. I've, 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 I've that's why we play, yeah. Players, that's how we not playing. They are stupid. Like, so I don't know if it's just a moment of madness. It might have just been a moment of madness because I'm sure he looks back at it. And I mean, but, but Walker, does that, Walker does that too often, man. That's Far a problem. Yeah, fair enough. Walker's caught out, out of position too often. He's not a player like, I don't know who, man. And I'm, I'm trying to think of a right back who's never caught out of position. But he's always caught out of position, you know what I mean? And you often he often relies on his pace too much to, to, to yeah. make up for his mistakes. But in the box, you can't make up for mistakes in the box by pulling down people. You know, you can pull down someone outside the box, but you can't pull down someone in the box. And also, as I said, Vardy was going to be on his left left foot to shoot. It's a 50-50. It's not, it's not his stronger foot. Just let the guy go and then, I don't know, try blocking, try block the shot or something. But, uh, yeah. man, and then, well, for the, for the uh, fifth penalty as well, positioning as well. But Mendy is, yeah, man, like if so, City don't, about the left back position, they will. Well, you know what I'm thinking, Silo. I'm thinking they're going to play Ake on the left hand side, which is why they're signing. Yeah. They're only playing him centre back, largely to to fill the hole up until they sign someone. And they've signed Ruben Diaz at the moment. And to what Nick was asking, is he a good player? Isn't he a bad, bad player? The thing is, at Benfica, when you're playing a Benfica, you're playing a very attacking style of football. So they tend to expose the defenders a lot, almost like Liverpool do with their centre halves and and Barcelona do. So you tend to have to defend a lot by yourself. So he is good at being exposed. He is good at having the ball at his feet and passing. He's, and one of the, the big things that they're really lacking at the back and something he can offer is that he's a very, very big leader. Huge leader in the dressing room. He's got his say. You can actually, if you go online, you can see him having team talks with the lads. The only issue is he's only 23 years old. So to bring him in, it's different. Like So we were talking about Jota last week, bring him in. Oh, it's great because he's 23 years old. He's an attacker. But an attacker can get away with not being as great in front of goal as what a True. defender can be. Afford. The mistakes, very, mistakes, the affordance yeah. for mistakes is very different. So mm -hmm. that's the one thing that's not in his, in his favor. He's coming to the Premier League to a Man City side that are leaking goals, that are but all over the place. It's almost like the intensity of Pep. That's why he doesn't stay at a club for too long. His, his intensity is, is it's overbearing. And unless you get on board with it, players do get fatigued. That's the, one of the things where Klopp is good at tends to like relax the players somehow. I don't know how he does it, but he, that's the difference between the two. 
So yeah, City have a lot of issues, but I, I, I wonder it like in but terms I think of Leicester's a lot away yeah. from Leicester's performances. Right? Exactly. Uh, like City, yeah. like they do have some issues, but Leicester are actually firing on all cylinders. Um, yeah. Very nice to the season, and that's it'd be unfair for us to to blame and look at uh, City's defenses. That that is where the issue was over the weekend. The reality yeah. is, Leicester were really good. You could have taken yeah, on. Tillemans is, is quite a player, though. Eh? No, he is. He is. He's a great player. He's a great player. And also, the, 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 the thing that was um, that was great from Leicester is that they they did well even without Ndidi. You know, Ndidi's going to be out for about, I think, three months. Um, and they did, like, they were, they were amazing, you know. They started off a little bit slow, but after they conceded the early goal, um, they just, you know, slowly but surely got it back into the game. Uh, and they played well, you know. And I think... They're rightfully um, at the top of the log um, on goal difference. And I think um, you're going to see some good things from, from Leicester this season. It will be interesting to see how they juggle Europa League and, and, and the Premier League, you know, playing on a Thursday, Sunday. You know, sometimes that does affect teams, especially yeah. teams without, without, without um, adequate depth. Um, but, yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited to, to, to see Leicester. Um, I was just saying that we can't dis- discuss Everton, but, um, but also Everton, man, guys. Um, Everton and, and Leicester have been the most impressive um, teams for me that, uh, so far this season. Liverpool, you know what to, what you're gonna get from Liverpool. So Liverpool are the same standard of last season, but Everton and Leicester, um, especially Everton, man, they 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 just look good. They just look good going forward. Yeah, if Everton win their win their game on the weekend, it's gonna be the first time uh, since I think it's like 110 years or something that they've won six consecutive games in a row. So oh. they they are on a roll. Um, to Leicester's point, what I liked about Leicester in terms of what Brendan Rodgers said after the game is that he said he had to do something and he had to go against his grain in terms of how he set up for the team. He normally just plays his style, which is kind of what Pep does, but he had to adapt and he, you know, in the end, he was validated for, for his efforts in terms of his approach of the game. And, that, and I mean, a 5-2 is quite a, quite a pounding. So whether or not they're going to yeah. make top four, I think, I think it's likely. It's, it's also it's a nice mix when you've got a bunch of players who are, are, over, are underrated they work well as a team and they buy into the managed philosophy. I think that's a very dangerous combination if you have to face a side like that. But um, mm. I'm wondering what Wonga's thoughts are because since he switched the lights off, he's completely switched the lights off his um, chats in this conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what's going on? <laughs> now, I remember I, I thought from last week, I, I was pretty sure that he was capable of, of causing an upset. And just like you're saying with... Um, uh, uh, Brendan Rogers and I, I, I'm pretty sure he has something up his sleeve. I mean, he played in that. that I think the Carabao and lost that cup, but he he, he didn't. Play, he didn't. I don't think he played one first team player. Um, and yeah, he came into that game with a plan, um, and it worked out. And I mean, looking at Brendan Rogers as well, when he was there, at, uh, when he was at Liverpool as well, what you just said now, um, he's also when he started there at Liverpool. Uh, was, was when he started, but I mean, you know, the players he had, everyone saw he scored um, um, the 49 goal in the Dutch league. But um, the people were like, Ah, it's the Dutch league. He got Brendan Rodgers now. I mean, I'm them doing the same thing close back then. I mean, everyone was working for him and willing to turn the pitch for him. And I think that's why they, I mean, yes, they didn't win the league, but it was, it was, it was. It was Surprised to everyone that it's an issue. Yeah. Cool. So, but, all right. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Like, uh, yeah, and I did say before, 
that there was no the, there was a team that probably I don't see anyone beating Liverpool, but I think yeah, Leicester could come close. Yeah. I do think Leicester can come close. Yeah, I think it's going to be a tough game, and that probably, arguably, they're probably the hardest test. But I yeah. think it's about that time, guys. Game. What about what about Chelsea, though? Yes, son. You know, I forget no, about no, average no, teams. No, I forgot about them. <laughs> it's tough times, actually. All right, we're in here. We're in here. Let's go. It's six, six, six goal thriller. Six goal thriller, and he left it out just like that. It's because yeah. you went here last week, bro. Oh, yeah. that's why. You guys are just running over <laughs> I got to you know what's funny is you weren't here last week because you had no power and now you're sitting in a room that's completely dark. I don't know if you brought that to Wonga. <laughs> I don't know what's... I was hoping, I was hoping for power. That shit isn't a thing anymore, guys. Yes, son, <laughs> dude. Candlelight dinners there. Okay, so, Mosa, what's going on here with this, this whole Palace-Chelsea performance, dude? Is, is, is Lampard like a, a younger version of Tony Pulis or what's going on here? <laughs> it's, too, it's, too <laughs> it's it's a mixed bag if you ask me in terms of emotions uh coming from that game on the one side i'm very very pleased to see the character of the gents uh coming going into halftime 3-0 down for them to come back and pull it to 3-3 that's good it's uh it, it shows some character within the squad uh especially how they actually consider those three goals so it's Feels that there's a resolve in some type of a championship metal within the boys' blood, which is dope to see. The difficulty is that they had to go down, you know, and you know, you, 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 it's very difficult to recover from any type of game. So that's 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 what's creating the mixed bag. The, the the other thing to put into the perspective is it's still like I was always concerned about uh, the reality that Lampard has got a home between the players. He's got the the, 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 the the budget of players that he wanted and he's brought them all in. We still haven't been able to see which formation or which approach Lampard is going to follow and try and dictate the team to follow. And there's still players that we still haven't seen so far this season. Great players like Ziyech and Pulisic who yeah. are going to change a lot of the energy in the team once they start you know, also getting into play. So... Yeah, it's a mixed, mixed bag of emotions from my side. Uh, good to see the result, but still a lot of questions to be, to be answered. I, I see, I, I see, I see uh, a comment here on, 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 on um, what's this thing called? YouTube. Uh, Tsego says that Mason uh, uh, Bout is Frank Lampard's son. <laughs> like he's, you know, like, he doesn't like the favoritism uh, towards Mason Mount. He doesn't see the value. Uh, I remember I a and you were saying that Mason Mount man, should should bench a bit. Um, you were saying that his best formation should be um, playing Hudson Odoi, Havertz, Werner, and and Tammy Abraham, and and putting Mount on the bench. What what do you think about that, Musa? Could be fair. Could be very very fair, especially when Pulisic does come back and is is hard to actually take on that same position as well, uh, because they'll bring the same energy and the same style of play as well. It's just tricky. Mason Mount is super talented, super super talented kid, and um, he can fit in any like uh, attacking position there at, at Chelsea at the moment. I think yeah, no, what the man oh, the man led led the the comeback as well with a fantastic strike from outside of the box. Uh, that was a great strike. Let us leave. But he missed a crucial penalty last night. Yeah, crucial. But he had a good game. Penalties are penalties. 
um, that yes, you know, it's very difficult uh, with penalties. It does come down to some element of luck. Um, I thought they were yeah. easy. No, if you go take a penalty in front of after the first episode that we that we had about penalties, so that, that, that's why. But yeah. no, it is it is difficult, man. Like especially in the in the pressure situation, the last penalty of the game, I think, uh, yeah, it was, it was obviously the, the the what's this thing called sudden death, um, where if he misses that, um, it's obviously the lose. It's it's not easy, uh, but yeah, and I think Chelsea have a lot of issues, man. I, I read a stat where Chelsea uh, last season Lampard had. 54 different lineups in 60 matches. Um, and, and again, even to start this season, he hasn't, okay, there's been a bit of injuries, but he hasn't found his starting lineup uh, yeah. starting from, from, from the back. Um, obviously, with the new goalkeeper, he's had to, um, he had to kind of like wait for him to come in and then play Caballero on the weekend. And then now playing Thiago Silva and Christensen, and you know, and it's 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 a lot of change, and I think yeah, that they got kicked out of cup football with uh, uh, that loss yesterday because it'd be it'd be it'd be uh, beneficial to Chelsea to play more football, uh, to have as many games available to their roster um, this year. But yeah, there's no preseason. There's no time to test out these things. Yeah, exactly. There's no time. To test out that, that's the that's the part. The preseason is now for the next so, next still probably three four games. So so Musa, who do you, who do you start as your back for on the, on the weekend? Tough questions. I was impressed with Aspilicueta's um, commitment and his kind of like uh, drive. Uh, I like to see it. Um, so I'd, I'd start with him on the right back, centre back. Oof. Thiago, I'd have to give him the benefit of the doubt. Look, he, it, it, it'd, be, it'd be foolish to kill his confidence after he's come so, so far. And also, he, he did make one mistake, and that's unfortunate. He's, he's only human. So I'd like to have him uh, in the back. If, if we can then forfeit uh, a Jorginho in the midfield, I feel like having a Thiago there would forfeit that, that need for Jorginho. You can have Kante in front of him as well. And then Zuma next to him. And uh, um, see, I'm not too sure about Chilwell and um, Marcus Alonso. They're both great players. It's it's a good problem to have. Uh, to have players that are um, very, very technically astute, got great solid left feet. And, you know, it feels like they could be dependable. Um, so that left back position, I'd, I, I, I'd, if I have to put anybody on it, I'd say Marcus Alonso just because he's been there before. And I've seen him work with the lads. But Wait, did, didn't him and Lampard have like almost like a fight or something? He wanted to, when he got substituted, he wanted to watch the match on the bus. I, I don't know if I read correctly. So there's something about some disharmony between him and Alonso. I don't, I don't know. Maybe, maybe. I haven't seen that. So if there is, Chowell isn't a bad replacement in that regard as well. So that would be my back, back four. I'd like to have um, James on the right, but oof, it's tough for me. It's tough. I feel yeah. better adds a little bit more character and a little bit also, more. Also, I don't think Jorginho is going to be there by the time Monday comes and the transfer window closes, to be honest. I think other clubs are looking at the moment. I know Ooh. Arsenal's one of the suitors. Oh, Arsenal just wants to take. <laughs> PSG are also looking. PSG are also looking. 
So yeah, so Chelsea found themselves in an interesting position. Uh, I think, uh, uh, yeah, but to, to what you were saying is that a lot of the players haven't been fit. They haven't all played together. I mean, Thiago Silva, your most experienced player, made gave one of the goals away on the weekend, which is pretty interesting. He slipped and he, you know, he let them in at the back. You've got um, a lot of them that still need to come and gel together. Timo Werner scored two days ago, so that's going to be huge for him. I actually yeah, think he's going to start well. scoring now. Yeah, yeah, so I think that's going to be, I think they'll get there. It's just like Nick was saying, is that the preseason is it's now. Fun. So there's going to be a lot of gelling that yeah. needs to happen because they have brought in a lot of players. And we all know when you bring new players and it does change the environment, the atmosphere a little bit. And um, yeah, yeah, that's kind of where they're at. It's going to take time for them. I don't know. I don't know if it's a shoe in yet for them in terms of top four. It's going to be difficult. Yeah. I think that's why I'm impressed with that 3 3 result. You know, like, you know, they are still having to fix a lot of things. But at least they're still getting the results, which is crucially important for me. Like a team of uh, players of that caliber, you know, you might not get it all right, but if they can just get a result, that's important. That at least makes sure that it's a good base for them to work from, as opposed to losing those points as we as we learn. Yeah, yeah, and I think, yeah. Sorry, Nick, you, you want to say something? Uh, I, I think I think there's a standard top two. Um, I think we know, or well, after this weekend, I'm not too sure with City, but I think we got a guaranteed one in there uh, with Liverpool. I, I'd think City would, naturally. Um, but, I mean, it's not a given, you know. I mean, you've got your Man United, your Chelsea's, your Spurs, your Arsenal's all fighting. You've got your Wolves, you've got your Everton's. You've got Newcastle United. You never know, eh? We might just spring a surprise. Um, but yeah, like like you said, it's not a shoe in for anyone, I guess. Yeah, so yeah I, I, at agree. Day, I agree. At the end of the day, we're just gonna have to wait and see. And and I think the first sort of ten games, ten twelve games, is is will be a good sort of barometer to see where we are at. And then from there, I mean, you can sort of gauge whether or not a team is a title contender or not. I mean, I didn't even throw in Leicester there, Leicester. They still will be there and thereabouts, you know. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I'm excited to see what happens. Yeah, would, it be brave, would it be brave to say Leeds could even uh, impress a few people or turn a few yeah. eyebrows? Top, top 10. Top 10, definitely. I think, I think, they're gonna I think that's a good cue. Yeah, I think that's a good cue to discuss this weekend's predictions because we've got Leeds versus City this weekend on Saturday. Mm. The master versus the apprentice. <laughs> who's, who's the apprentice and who's the master in this situation? Master yeah. Bielsa, Bielsa. Guardiola looks up to the man. He loves for the man. Good reason. Yeah, for very good reason. He buys yeah, his clothes. I, I personally think, and I said it on this in our first episode, I, I personally think they're going to concede a lot of goals this season. They already have. I mean, they played against Fulham, they conceded three goals. And Fulham have been very underwhelming. To be fair, they will they will cause a lot of problems in the final third in the opposition's final third. I just don't know if they can keep them out because that expansive style of football is going to be very tough to uh, tough to just sort of maintain for thirty eight games because yeah. they it's a very hard way of playing. They press for ninety minutes, and you guys know as players, it's very hard to press for ninety minutes. You have yeah. to be extremely extremely fit and. I know the players, I, I watched an interview with Patrick Banford. I mean, they, he said, I'm 10 times fitter than I've ever been in my whole career, but 
I just don't know if you can maintain that for 38 games, plus all your cup competitions, et cetera, et cetera. So they might, they might, they might peak by Christmas, January, and maybe tape off from there. I don't know. Um, listen, it will be a great story. Leeds are back in the league, you know, big club. We can't forget that they're a very big club in, in English football. Um, even though they've been out of out of the top tier for a while, you know, it will be good for sort of um, sort of the brand of the Premier League. Um, but can they maintain it for that long? That sort of very intense style of pressing, playing that playing the ball out of the back, lots of runners in behind, uh, spaces in between the lines. Can they? I think they can, but maybe for two thirds of the season. Um, tomorrow's game, uh, not tomorrow's game, Saturday's game, correct? Uh, I think City need to come up with something. I, I think Guardiola's head might be in the chopping block if he loses this one. So I, I do see them getting a, get a victory. Maybe a, a slim one, but I do see them winning. Maybe 1 0, 2 1, City. Cool. I, I reckon 3 2. Definitely 3 2 to City. Um, in there. Um, and also Leeds. The nice thing I've seen with Leeds is they. They've added some quality signings as well, um, some internationals to, to to their team. Yes, against Liverpool, the international the international players cost them cost them penalties. But but I think also with with with, with some more game time, those guys will obviously uh, improve, um, and they continue continuously trying to try to improve the squad with, with some more quality. Uh, and I definitely think that uh, they will definitely do well this season. Um, so top ten, definitely I see I see Leeds against top ten. But I think that this week. Um, that that Bielsa, I was just, that that Pep will obviously want to you know um, get the three points. Uh, doesn't want to be left further behind um, um, Liverpool. You know if they lose, then it's 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 nine points because obviously the game in hand. So it'll be a nine point gap to to Liverpool and 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 Leicester. That that that, that, that won't be good for him. So I think they want to obviously uh, make a statement. You know, so I think um, three two to to City. Cool, Mosa. Sounds like from your guys' predictions that uh, Man City still won't be able to resolve some of their defensive issues um, and they'll have to rely on their uh, attacking prowess. And I, I, I think that uh, Pep is probably going to focus a lot more on his uh, organization at the back. So I'd go with uh, the same prediction that Kevin's got, uh, Kevin Rakoma there of a 2 0. Um, Man City's prowess, Morris is looking good, um, the attacking players are looking active. It's just that they can accept that back four and try not to leave too much, which which I think they are able to pull off. So I well, what do you think? Yeah, I'm I'm of the opinion that we know that Leeds have played three games in total. All three games have been 15 goals scored. So it's gonna be a thriller from it's gonna be it's gonna be a game. They won one nil against Stayfield. Yeah, but they, they won, right? So it's building on that confidence and they got the results. It was a tight one. Um, I'm, I'm thinking, though, that they're going to put... It's, to your points, guys, like the, the season is a long season. Are they going to be able to keep it up? I'm not sure. But they're going to be buzzing for City on the weekend. They're going to see City have conceded five goals against Leicester and they're going to be licking their lips. If they put them under pressure and they're playing at home, I think it's going to be a very interesting game. I'm... Anyone who wants to take a bet, I'm a gambling man. I'm saying 3-3. That's going to be the final outcome. I think three, so you're going to three. drop more points. It's going to be 3-3. Three, three. I can bet. 
Yeah, go do it. Go put some money down there. I think the odds will look likely. It's going to be good. If you don't have Bamford, whatever the striker's name is from Leeds in your fantasy team, make that happen because that's that's where I'm leaning towards. Um, <laughs> this offline, me and you. I've got yes. money. Cool, cool, cool. Um, so that's where I'm leaning towards. The next game we're going to talk about is Chelsea versus Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace have a lot of uh, a lot to offer going forward. Uh, they can create a lot of headaches for aged legs like Thiago Silva. Zuma might be able to compete with legs, but yeah, it could be tricky. Um, but I do think like uh, the guys are getting it together. If I do see Abraham up front with the Havertz behind him and see Werner and uh, Hudson Adoy around there, there could be a lot of goals to come from them. But I just wish and hope that I don't see uh, Kante and Jorginho uh I think that it's, it, 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 it removes too much attacking impetus. Both of them sit in the middle and they both get lost on the breakdown, which I, uh, is, is weird to see. I'd rather have one of them just there, one of them yeah. take the responsibility for cleaning up and let the rest go and fly because the rest can go and fly. That's what they did before. So, yeah. So I'd see like... I'm going, for, I'm going for a Chelsea win, yeah. I need Werner to score. He's been in my team. I've trusted him. My fantasy team is struggling at the moment, so I'm just going to put uh, sort of all my eggs in one basket, make him my captain this weekend. He's going to score a hat-trick. 3-1 Chelsea. Perfect. Yeah, 3-1 yeah, as well. Fair shot. Yeah, Celo? Musa, you also say 3-1? Yeah. Um, are they playing at uh, Salhurst Park or...? Playing uh, at Stanford Bridge. Stanford Bridge, okay, no. Um, that, that, uh, I was thinking of 1-1, one, one, but... Ah, man. I don't know. I, I feel that the, the players that Chelsea have, if those guys, you know, are on song, you know, then then, then obviously they'll, they'll, they'll obviously, you know, attack and get the goals out of that mystery. And I think that Teo Silva will not want to make any more mistakes. So I'll, I'll give it to Chelsea and say 2-1. Uh, two one result to Chelsea. Um, goal scorers on the day: uh, Timo Werner um, and um, Kai Havertz. Let me give Havertz a goal uh, since he took a break. Um, took a break. <laughs> since he took a break, he took a break on Tuesday. So let me give, let me give him a goal. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and uh, Zaha or, or Ayu will score for for, for Palace. Yeah, I think yeah. Zaha is going to come up with a goal for for Crystal Palace connecting. Yeah. So, so if there's one thing I've noticed is that both Saha and Townsend are in form at the moment. So, and they love showing up for the big game. So, I don't think it's going to be a three-one. It's going to be straightforward. I think Chelsea are going to be have to roll up their sleeves to get a result. Um, so, I think it might be a two-one. I'm still leaning towards a Chelsea. I do think what Nick was saying in terms of captaining Werner. I think that's a good good call because I think he's just gonna he's he's gonna unleash now. He's got his goal during yeah. the week, and that's what that he needed goal, to open yeah. the floodgates. Yeah. So, and I've got someone at the moment who's messaging me saying they hope I put my money where my mouth is and Captain Bam Bamford from Leeds. So that's that side note. But yeah, I think I think it's going to be a two-one victory to Chelsea. Um, and now the big one for the weekend. No, I'm just kidding. It's I mean, but it's a big one. <laughs> <laughs> the massive one. massive one. I know which one you're talking about. This one here. Newcastle, Come Burnley. On. What's going to happen, Nick? Lead Come us on. in this conversation. What's going to happen? Uh, we we've probably played the worst football I've ever seen us play ever. So and I've had to endure Graham Sunes, uh, Alan Pardew, uh, Ruud Gullit, 
Um, I've been fortunate enough to have Rafa Benitez, Kevin Keegan, and 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 uh, Sir Bobby Robson. But I've had real shite in my life, and I think I think Steve Bruce is probably the worst. But somehow he gets results. <laughs> no, I, I, I don't know. He gets results. So I do think. I think Burnley are very vulnerable. I think they can turn it on when they want to turn it on. Um, and I just think they get, it's just going to be a horrible game to watch. I think the ball's not going to touch the ground for, for much much of the game. So you might not see it. It's just going to go from, from centre-back to centre-back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I do think we have a little bit more quality as much uh, like as uh, it's a very sort of flawed term but yeah i think we've got a little bit more quality than them and i think we could pro- possibly sneak a, a one or a two nil i think wilson in any team would score goals um i think he's got that little bit of quality that i think if he just get i think if he just gets a little bit of service i mean shelby shelby was dead average this week this week uh like well, yesterday and he, he just showed the little bit of quality that he has and gets the ball out of his out of his feet and he's got a pass on him or he's got a sort of a goal in him and he scored a great goal top corner. I, I do think there's individuals that are better than the Burnley squad. Um, I think the team and the squad needs to roll up their socks and, and, and their sleeves and really deliver at home because they were embarrassed against the very average Brighton team. Um, in ter- on paper, they played really well, but on paper, I mean, they they were a relegation candidate for me and a few of you lads as well. So, you know, at the end of the day, yeah. um, they got to prove it. You know, um, man for man on paper doesn't mean anything. So, um, unfortunately, maybe they're not being coached the right way, or they've got the right sort of direction. But at 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 at, uh, at the end of the day, we need to go and sort of prove it on the pitch so i will i will never say that my team will lose uh so i told you guys this last week but i'm actually quite confident that we will get a win this week so i'm gonna go for oh let's say 2-1 i think we will concede i think a 2-1 win nice. i think it's gonna, yeah. I think it's gonna be a draw draw yeah sorry man sorry, <laughs> man. sorry man i think it's gonna be a draw burnley Burnley are a tough team to beat, just in general. You know, Sean Dyche just sets up his um, in matches like against. Uh, sorry, I don't want to say similar quality, but in matches against teams that are in a similar position, uh, yeah. which, he he just does something. I don't I don't know what he does, uh, but he just does something a bit extra. Um, and I think, yeah, one one. I think one one is, is is a scoreline. Okay, what do you I think? Mean, that's, a, that's a fair shot. So I'm not. Completely disagreeing, but I am going to lean towards Newcastle winning. I'm actually thinking 2-0 to Newcastle. They are playing at home. I think that if they start Carroll, then they're going to be effective because they might just get another penalty in the box, just pumping their ball in there, come, come off an arm. No, so I'm, so I'm thinking that's, even, that's where my head's Even at. his fake arm. <laughs> <laughs> even his fake arm, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, so, so yeah, I don't think Burnley have enough, have enough to be honest. I, mean, I think you guys are right. They're going to be struggling at the bottom along with Sheffield and the other... The other guys yeah. in Fulham. Um, Arsenal, Sheffield, lads. Uh, all the way. Sheffield have, have lost three games in a row. Um, Arsenal want to bounce back from, from the loss uh, on Monday. Um, I reckon that um, 
Uh, 2-0 to Arsenal. 2-0 to Arsenal. Sheffield, I didn't see Sheffield getting a goal. They've been poor. I think actually Sheffield, if they don't fix things, they, they might actually be negation candidate, definitely. So I think I think I said it. I think I said it in our first episode. Of you, we yeah. spoke. you know, you, you have don't. that first year. I mean, there's teams that have that first year bounce, and it was evident. Burnley had it the first year. They came up and then they struggled the next season. You know, unfortunately, teams will find them out. Um that stimulus or that sort of stimulation of of being in the Premier League and every sort of new ground is is exciting and there's a new opportunity to go and deliver is not there anymore in the second season. Um, and, you know, you're not now the new boys with nothing to lose. You've got something to lose now. You've got, what, eighth position? I think they finished eighth or seventh. Um, I, I, I definitely think they're going to struggle. In terms of this game, I think Arsenal, they've got something to sort of prove after a good sort of first half, a sort of good first half against Liverpool. I think if they play against Sheffield Sheffield United, they're going to have far too much quality. Um, I, I, I see this being a sort of a 3-0. I, I think Aubameyang will get a couple. Um, maybe even a Pepe might even get something. I don't know. Um, I, think, I, I think it's just going to be sort of a walkover for them in my opinion yeah clean sheet definitely yeah, yeah i'm leaning towards a 3-1 towards arsenal i think they're gonna okay. i think they, they've always there was was a chance of them conceding but i do think they're yeah, gonna be true. far too much for Sheffield. yeah that so that's what i'm saying three three one um and then the big game for the weekend the one that's got us licking our lips oops that's someone else's prediction is obviously you know where we're headed with this one Oof. is this is going to be a tricky one oh Yo, tell us. United, United 2-1. United 2-1. Okay. United 2-1. I feel, oh man, listen, um, both both managers have been talking crap about each other this whole week. You know, they've been throwing it at each other. Um, you know, obviously, Mourinho started in saying that, you know, at least I get what, you know, sometimes teams will get penalties after the final whistle or something like that. He was throwing a jab at at Solskjaer, but but I think that will be a two-one to United. Um, I just feel that uh, without okay, Bale started training today, um, and I don't think he'll be ready for the weekend. Um, and and without Son um, being being with a uh, being out with a hamstring injury, I just feel that we'll win. If if Son was there or Bale was there, I'd maybe a bit, be a bit more worried. Um, but I feel two-one should be the scoreline. No, no, Mourinho. To be honest with you, though, you know he's a he's a master at that, and he will let the media know what Man United needs to know. I wouldn't be surprised if Bell's on the bench at least. I, I don't know if he's starting to train. You know that's a statement. Even if he doesn't come on, Oof. even if he comes on for five minutes, you never know. I'm I just can, saying. I can just see their faces. I can see Ollie's face if Bell walks yeah, past yeah, yeah. like, It might be just like you rock up and then the squad's there, but. I, I mean, I'm just looking at what they did last week against us, and they absolutely murdered us. If it wasn't for Carl Dahler in goals, we were... Son was we were, playing as well. Fair enough. But, I mean, okay, and they are also playing against the blind school, to be fair. <laughs> but when, when, they get it, when they get it going, they played some good stuff against Chelsea in the week, and they, they didn't have a... They didn't have a yeah, yeah, they didn't have a weak side on, and, and Chelsea didn't either, to be fair. And, and they move the ball quite nicely. I think it's going to be a very close game. I, I do see a draw written all over it, but I'd like to think 
the football lover in me would be that there's a couple of goals. I think both teams are very vulnerable to concede. Um, so I, I'm leading. I'm leading towards a, a Man United two-one win. Two-one yeah, win. So I think so Pogba's going to be the difference. If, if there's betting yeah, people yeah. Um, watching, watching watching our show, um, there, there's an option on betting that uh, both teams to score. That one definitely you can you can write 100%, 100%. that. Hundred percent. Put your money down now. Put it down now. Both teams to score. Hundred percent. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm. You guys are saying two one to United. I'm actually going two one to Spurs, just because I can see what's going to happen. It's going to be, you know, you know, because you've got United obviously get results in the big games because they set up shop differently. They sit deeper and they catch players in the counter attack. Yeah. I think what Mourinho's been doing against big teams is the same thing. So we know Tottenham aren't going to have the ball in this game. It's going to be asking more questions from United. If I'm rooting you, I'm saying, cool, give them the ball. Let's see what they can do. And they're not going to be able to break Tottenham down. So that's why I'm yeah. leaning towards Tottenham's side. I do think it's going to be 2-1 because I, I think not both teams aren't good enough to keep a clean sheet. Sure. But, yeah, I think that's how it's going to unfold. I think Tottenham are going to go there, smash and grab sort of vibes, and Mourinho is going to be happy with it, uh, regardless of who plays, whether or not Son's available or whoever. With Kane, that's enough, that's enough to sit deep and catch players on the counter. No, yeah, he needs he needs he needs a partner. I I always feel Kane needs someone to play with him, and that Son and Kane partnership is probably one of the best partnerships in the Premier League. Um, Bergwijn was okay. Um, yeah, on Tuesday. Lamela Lamela tries too much, so he won't even start. But I think he'll probably start. But also, I think he'll probably actually do that the the whole back 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 three thing. Um, three at the back. He's, he obviously traveled now on Tuesday, and it was okay. Um, Regulon was was okay. Uh, he made an error for the for the first goal, um, but I think he'll obviously adjust uh, accordingly as the games go on. But, um, but yeah, we'll see, man. But Son is, is, is him missing is, is is big. Is big. Yeah. All right, guys. Last one. Aston Villa Liverpool. I don't think it's going to be a long conversation. Yeah. No, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, um, Villa have been half half decent. They signed yeah, Barkley. I was, I was good. outside of there. That, good, that's, man. That's not bad. Uh, listen, I'll give it to them. They in the top four or the top five. They got six points, I think. Um, yeah, yeah, good start. Good for them. Good start. Yes, good start. A good. I think Barkley is a good signing. To be fair, I mean, I would have taken him at Newcastle. I don't know why we didn't. I didn't know he was available. Hey, he said Jack Greenish convinced So you guys don't... Yeah, I think, I think they're going to be dynamite together. They're going to be... Yeah, they'll be yeah. good. But uh, listen, I don't think... I think Liverpool's a steam train not waiting to be stopped. I think it's almost like who can stop us. Um, I think any combination that you kind of put out, I think he can tinker, tinker with the sort of squad as much as he wants to and sort of try different combinations. I think that will hold you in good stead moving forward into the season, Champions League, different cup competitions. Hopefully you play your kids when we probably meet you in the quarterfinals, uh, Claudio. Um, uh, I'm assuming we'll draw you. I mean, we've had an easy route all the way through. But like I said, there's so many different combinations within your squad that you can use. And, and yeah. I mean, like I said to you in our last episode or the episode before, I think you finally have depth in that front three. Um, and I, I think that was sort of the the difference between you and City um, maybe two seasons ago. And 
now you've got it and I, I, I just don't see anyone stopping you um but at the end of the day it's 90 minutes football anything can happen uh a red card can happen in the first five minutes two red cards can happen in the first six minutes um and then sort of everything changes so can you do it yes i think you can i think it will be an easy probably a three one i think you might concede i think uh it looked a little bit shaky in the last couple of sort of games um just not shaky but there's like one or two mistakes that are sort of creeping in but i do think your forward line is just far too strong and your midfield is just a, a rock solid block in front of that back four so yeah three one liverpool Grealish Hello. to score for villa I think I think I think three 0 three nil to Liverpool. Um, I think they'll, they'll keep it. They'll keep it. Um, three to Liverpool. Uh, they just got, as you said, man. Um, that was something that I think I re- that I raised in the first episode is that Liverpool needed to add some depth um, to 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 the squad. You know, so with the depth that they had, okay, cool. One player's obviously got coronavirus, but but still, um, you know, they've got a good midfield options. Um, and then Diego Jota come off um, on the bench. Um, he's also quite energetic, trying to prove a point, you know. Um, so 3-0, uh, I'll give Roberto Firmino a goal. He does well away from home in terms of scoring goals. Um, so I'll give Firmino a goal. Uh, and I think Salah will also score. Um, he's been quiet in the last two games um, because obviously Mane is the man for the big occasion. Um, Salah is very good against these smaller teams. Um, he, You know, these, these, these left-backs see nothing in the game. Um, so I definitely think that Salah <laughs> Salah will get a goal and Enfermino will get a goal. Uh, maybe maybe Trent will score will score a free kick as well. <laughs> I like I like the way you guys are talking. This is the conversations I enjoy being a part. No, I'm just kidding. But um, yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah no, I'm, I think I think it's it's going to be one where Liverpool are actually going to get that clean sheet. Um, yeah, I don't think they should have conceded against Villa. Um, yeah, so three 0 That's where I'm at. That's me. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, and thank you very much for the here. evening, my gents. Yeah, hey, the other guys ran off somewhere. I don't know. Maybe it's load shedding, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll uh, catch you guys next pleasure. week. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Peace. Sweet. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers, guys.